Yechesko chapter 22. O mortal, arraign, arraign the city of bloodshed, declare to her all her abhorrent, de- abhorrent deeds. So here we have a prophecy directed against the city of blood, Ir Hadamim, which presumably is the city of Jerusalem, the place of the temple. Elsewhere, Jerusalem is called Ir Hatzedek, the city of righteousness. Should be Ir Hatzedek. Malki Tzedek in the Torah is Melech Shalem, or Malki Tzedek, righteous king, the king of Salem, which our tradition identifies with Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is supposed to be the place of Tzedek. It's supposed to be the place of God's presence and the place of ethical conduct. But in chapter 22, Yechesku chapter 22, he calls it Ir Hadamim, the bloody city, and it's referred to as Ir Shofech Adam, the city that sheds blood betocha in its midst, Ravo Ita, whose time has come. His time is approaching, his hour is approaching. with Tamar, she has performed Gilulim, fetishes, it's often translated, idolatrous practices, in order to defile it with Tamar. And here in this chapter, we have a very, I think, important perspective on sin. Yechezko calls it a city of blood, but he also speaks about with Tamar to to defile it, to make it impure. Tamar is impurity, Tara, purity, and it's a city of the behavior of the people has defiled this the city. He continues in verse number four, B'damecha asher shafacht ashamt u'v'gilulayich asher asit tam'et v'atakrivi yomayich v'atavo atshnotayich So translation here would be you stand guilty of the blood you have shed. Ashamt. You are defiled, defiled by the fetishes you have made. Your end, your punishment is coming because of the defilement. And the focus in the chapter is very much on defiling. The word tum'ah is a very central word. And of course, Yechezka, as we've seen earlier, cites specifics, specific uh, sins, specific wrongdoings that we... Uh, he holds us accountable for us being Jerusalem. Most of them are drawn, and not surprisingly, from the book of Vayikra. And there's a combination of cultic sins, sins against God, on one hand, but the bulk of the sins, not surprisingly, are sins of one against one person against the other. So, for example, in verse number six, Israel the, your princes of Israel, every one of them, used strength for the shedding of blood. And other examples. Fathers and mothers, parents have been humiliated, humiliated or even cursed perhaps. Strangers have been cheated. Orphans and widows have been wronged within you. Then it continues with cultic. You have desecrated my holy spaces. You have defamed my, profaned my Sabbaths, my holy days. Then back again to the 
behavior, that wrongdoings, one person against the other. Baseman, Anshay Rachil. Rachil is a Rachil is a merchant. People that tell stories, people that speak negatively about the other, have been in your midst, intent on shedding blood. In in you they have eaten upon the mountains, some idolatrous practice. Perhaps the eating of blood is also possible. They practice depravity in your midst. And he continues. Continues with a list of sexual crimes, a list of sexual crimes. He lists five different prohibited relationships, all of which are found, of course, in the book of Ayikra, in the list of forbidden relationships. And he uses even language that is specific to the book of Ayikra. Ishet kalato timei bzima zima is a negative description of a forbidden sexual relationship that we have specifically in the book of Ayikra. And Yechezkel cites it. Interesting, he also cites that Ishet achoto bat aviv in abach, that a person has acted wrongly, sexually wrongly, with his sister, the daughter of the father. Now, only in Vayikra does it actually say specifically that a sister from the father and not the mother, just from the father, is a forbidden relationship. From other places in the Bible, that's not at all clear. In fact, there's some evidence that it's not even true, according to other versions of the Bible, other verses in the Bible. But the book of Vayikra is clear that what is forbidden is a sister either from the mother or from the father, certainly from both. So Yechesko over here seems to have, seems to be simply citing from the book of Ayikra. He is at his core a priest, and not surprisingly, most of what he says here is from the book of priests, the book of Kohanim, the book of Ayikra. And once again, I'll cite one more verse here. Shochan lachubach ruman shvachdam, neshech v'tabit lakacht, he talks about taking bribes. He talks about taking interest, about mistreating the other. Oshek, it's another Vayikra expression. And what's interesting is that the phrase that is repeated in this chapter, we've already encountered it several times, is Luman Shvachdam, causing bloodshed. Now, the point over here. I think what Yechezkel is actually emphasizing is the idea of tumor, the idea of impurity. We know that the, the perhaps the most significant source of impurity is a corpse. There's an entire chapter in Bamidbar, the chapter which talks about the red heifer, the para aduma, tumat mate, the corpse emits tumor. Not only touching the corpse or carrying the corpse, even being in the same place, the same enclosed area as the corpse. And the Torah provides a very special method to purify oneself by use of the ashes of the red heifer. And the point, I think, of Yechesel in this chapter and the emphasis is about what sin does to the person. Sin is a wrong act 
And it's a negative mark against us if we do the wrong thing. It requires expiation, no doubt. Often the expiation involves punishment. You know, there are all kinds of sins and there are all kinds of expiations. Sometimes the punishment is very severe. But there's something else about sin that this chapter is about, and what Yechezkel was focusing on, and that is what it does to the person who commits the sin, which for our purpose we would call tumma, ritual impurity. The problem with Jerusalem, says Yechezkel, is that it's tameh. It's ritually impure, and that through the succession of, of, of bad behaviors, of wicked behaviors, the city has become impure to an extent that it becomes very hard to rid oneself of this impurity. How do you rid oneself of something that is so ingrained in you? And that's what Yechezkel suggests in this chapter. It's a very frightening thought that actually it becomes virtually impossible to rid oneself of the of the sins. They become so much a part of myself that other extreme measures must be taken. Perhaps simple rejection, elimination, and you start all over again. And that actually, I think, is the sense one gets, beginning in verse number 17 of chapter 22. The word of God came to Yechezkel, to me, says Yechezkel, O mortal, the house of Israel has become dross to me. They are copper, tin, iron, and lead. But in a crucible, the dross shall turn into silver. In other words, Rachein, I'll explain in a second, Rachein ko'amar Hashem rokim, yaleot kuchem l'sigim, Rachein hineni kovetz etchem otoch Yerushalayim, kvutzat kesef nechoshet ubarazel v'yoferet, ubedio el toch kur, v'facheto rav eish, v'antich, kenek botz b'yapiu v'chamati v'yinachti v'hitachti etchem. Just as silver, copper, and lead, and tin are gathered into a crucible, to blow the fire upon them, so as to melt them, I will gather you in my fierce anger and cast you into the fire and melt you. I will gather you and I will blow upon you the fire of my fury, and you shall be melted in it. As silver is melted in a crucible, so shall, be, so shall you be melted in it. Normally, he's talking about silver, and silver has sometimes other metals that are part of it, and the refiner refines it, takes out the other metals, smelting. But in this particular case, it turns out that Israel is actually collectively all the other metals. We can't find the silver. So you ought to be brought into the crucible of fire and smelted down. At the end of it, it turns out that you are essentially dross without silver. And that's the image that we have over here of Jerusalem, the land of Israel in chapter 22. It's a very fierce image. It's the image of and the warning. What happens when the bad behaviors continue and continue? And not only do they continue on the part of the people, but the very leadership itself is responsible for a culture in which bloodshed is prevalent. And bloodshed can be taken literally in the chapter, but bloodshed means behavior which has terrible consequences. And it could be defiling of the Sabbath or defiling of the temple, 
in Yechezkel's thinking, but it could be slandering, it could be mistreating the other. So in effect, the city, which should be Yerat Tzedek, in chapter 22 of Yechezkel, has become a city of blood, a city in which blood is shed. The blood brings about the impurity. It's a city that's become impure, and extreme measures will have to be taken to refine and to purify the city.